Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Well, everybody is mad again. That's why I have the Pesipus. What is the Pesipus? He is an angry wrestling fan who's going to say things like this. That is the worst thing I've ever seen. That's it. Wrestling is totally dead. Let's all go play chess instead. Yeah, let's do that. Away you go. Also, hello, my friends, and welcome to Ups and Downs. And right now, we are going to take the finger of power, and I'm going to tell you what was good from AEW Dynamite last night and what I didn't particularly enjoy. Look, there's comments down there. Get involved and say things. And hit subscribe. It's good for Elgia. Let's up those downs. And the good news is that Dynamite started with the greatest person in the history of mankind. Because out came Samoa Joe. And he had some things to say. Obviously. Otherwise he'd just be stood there doing absolutely nothing. My favourite part about Joe at the moment is that he's meant to be a bad guy. But everyone's like, oh my gosh, it's Samoa Joe. And he's a little bit peeved because of course he was meant to be protecting MJF because he wants to be the guy to totally destroy him at World's End and become the champion. And what happened seven days ago, the devil and his goons arrived and they beat up Maxwell. Apparently... We never actually saw it. Because he is so damn worried about losing his title shot, though, he had become a detective, which really made me laugh. Because if Samoa Joe turned up at my place of work, I'd just tell him whatever he wanted to know. And when he went to the crime scene, he smelt some beer, and he smelt something that smelled like a cowboy. So damn it, he has decided it was all Hangman Adam Page. Dun, dun, dun. Now, I died right after this, because as soon as he said the cowboy's name, out came Adam Page, which meant, within the world of wrestling, he must have been backstage with the audio guy going, listen, if anyone accuses me of being a devil, I want you to hit play straight away. I'm going out there. He is absolutely a weird guy. And he just told Joe, listen, I don't care about you. I don't care about MJF. I don't care about the devil. I don't care about your nan. I don't care about your auntie. I don't care about your dog, Joe. I want nothing to do with that mess. Leave me alone. And Joe didn't believe any of this when all of a sudden a screaming Roderick Strong came out. And he wanted to stir the pot because I suppose he had been doing some investigating on his own. Or he's just making it up in his head. Because let's look at all of this evidence. Jay White asks for a championship match and he gets beaten up. The Acclaim then lose a tag team match and they get beaten up. And yet when the Devil's Goons look to MJF, they didn't do anything. So who ties all this together? It's Maxwell Jacob Freeman. Then so ipso facto, he must be the Devil. I was like, damn it, Roddy, you've done it. Although actually you did nothing at all. This is when Hangman tried to get back involved and he got into a big old shoving match with Roderick Strong. When Samoa Joe, I think, was like, man, I can't handle these kids. They're pissing me off. He left. And all of a sudden it was time for Paige versus Strong. 
Why not? Excalibur also told us on commentary, don't forget they have history in Ring of Honor, which I always enjoy. And look, here's the deal. Strong has been really good recently, but this was the first match that Paige has had since he drank another man's blood. And no, I'm never going to let that go. So of course he had to win to keep his momentum going. And he did. He was super angry too, until Roderick cut him off and gave him this crazy backbreaker onto the top of Tina the Turnbuckle. Now, I rarely say this about specific one-off moves, but you need to go and see this. I mean, if you were a policeman and you witnessed it, you probably would have arrested Roderick Strong for attempted murder. So much so, crowd counter goes up by one. We've never done that before. We also did that thing where they were wailing on each other so much, so referee Aubrey Edwards pulled them away. I don't get why we do that in wrestling. It's a fight, damn it. If they want to go as far as murder, let them. Because once again, one of these people drank some damn blood. The cowboy was then biting at Roderick before he hit a bomb of power for a one-two-ooh. But this is when the kingdom were being a bunch of goobers. So Paige was like, right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go into the air and I'm going to moonsault onto you. Exactly what he did. It didn't really bother Adam though, because he basically shrugged this off. He missed the buckshot, to be fair, but then he finished it off with the dead eye and he got the one, two, three. Look, we're not done with Paige on this episode of Dynamite, but in terms of what we did here, yes, I enjoyed it muchly. Giving it an up. When the Continental Classics Blue League came to Dynamite, and if you've been watching this show for a while, you will know I love the flubbing C2. I mean, it's just a sports presentation within wrestling, and we're doing it right. And here, we were getting Brody King versus Andrade. I don't think I've ever seen that before. We began by getting into the chops too, so we got this noise for a while. Before Andrade hit the ultimate comeback move of 2023, the crossbody. But I was like, you know, Brody is not only massive, but he's kind of insane. So he basically shrugged this off when he put Andrade on Barry Barricade, and he absolutely squished it. And don't forget, if there is a number one perpetrator for who killed Baz, it absolutely would be Brody King. Try to start going for the dragon screw because he realized, wait a minute, it doesn't matter how big you are, if you've got no legs, you can't do nothing. But he went back to the ropes and he hit this split-legged moonsault for a one-two-oo. That's a bit like, you ain't gonna beat King that way, Mr. Tranquilo, what are you thinking? He then went for the double knees, but Brody just decapitated him with this lariat, and all of a sudden he was getting a one-two-oo. And Andrade decided, alright, I'm gonna knock you out with a back elbow, and this was the equivalent of just rubbing yourself against a wall. Sure, you did something, but you kinda just looked strange. It was such a war that eventually they were fighting on top of Tina the turnbuckle, and I suppose Tina got a little bit exposed here, which is not PG, because just when Brody was about to ruin Andrade, he did a little bit of a wiggle. He sent Brody's head into the exposed steel. And that's when I was like, man, you're done, King. Now you got no end. It was true, too, because as soon as Andrade realized he had done that, he smashed him with the hammerlock DDT, and he got the one, two, three. And I tell you this, it made me go, well, hot damn, son. Even though I was sat there completely by myself, because I, too, am a strange individual. I didn't think that was going to happen. And now I do believe Andrade is up to nine points. He's doing well. So it is just yet another home run, and we have to make the Continental Classic an annual thing. It's getting it up. The absolute best part for me, not for you, you wouldn't have cared, is that when Andrade did win, a sign popped up behind him, and it said, <laughs> Simon Miller fears the ring apron. I was like, listen, dude, man, come on now. I mean, you don't have to reveal my fears on live television. Now I'm wondering the ring apron is going to know that I'm here. <laughs> I'm sure I'm fine. Ah, shit. We went straight from this to the back as well when Rene Paquette was win the Von Eriks. And this is because we were in Texas and that movie has just come out. Still, 
What a world. They said how happy they were to be here when Orange Cassidy and the best friends walked in. And Orange was all like, listen, I have a match on Rampage. I need two buddies, so why don't you team up with me? White Frost and Marshall then agreed to this, so they are going to do it on Friday night. But of course, this was mostly done for the live crowd, because Rampage is shot right after Dynamite. So I hope you enjoyed it. I mean, I haven't seen it. I wasn't in Texas. I was here. In my house. What are we talking about? Before anybody was going to get there, though, we did have to get through some sports entertainment first. And yes, this is what has set the internet crazy, because here came Chris Jericho and Kenneth Omega. Now, of course, we are doing this because when we get to the World's End pay-per-view, we are going to be doing them, taking on Ricky Starks and Big Bill for the World Tag Team Championship. And it's the first time we've seen them since following Full Gear, the champions found Chris Jericho and they totally whipped his ass. We had said their name a lot at this stage, so out came Rick and Bill. And they were like, listen, Ken, we have no problem with you, and thank you very much for building AEW, but when it comes to you, Jericho, well, we think you absolutely suck. Starks also thinks that Jericho just sucks the life out of everything, and this is why Omega should be worried, because also, you can't trust this guy. I mean, look at him. And bless Kenny. He got on the mic and was like, you're not telling me anything new. No, I don't trust him either. Hey-ho, I'm doing it anyway. Kenny then decided to bring up The Firm, which was that group in AEW from Yonks ago, and said a better name for that would have probably been The Flaccid, because again, it wasn't all that good. Although, given that Big Bill is here, and he was in that, maybe he should just call it Soft. So yes, he dropped that line, and everybody went crazy. They then agreed to the fact they shall fight for these belts at the pay-per-view, when Ricky and Bill was like, Haha, we have defeated you lot so many damn times, when Chris Jericho decided to come up with a name for these two, and he said, maybe you can be called the absolute a-holes, Rick and Dick, or potentially, Big Billy Starks. That one was a little bit strange. I was like, isn't Billy Starks taking on Athena for the Ring of Honor Women's Championship? Sounds like she's doing okay. Now, really, these didn't land as intended, and Ricky Starks even brought that up, and Chris Jericho admitted to this too. Although Rick then followed up by going, you look like someone who has dressed up as if they bought everything from Hot Topic. It's a bit like, is that an insult? I mean, if you want to shop a Hot Topic, more power to you. We then got the big line, and you could feel that it was coming, given everything that had been said, and they looked at Ricky and they said, well, you know what? You're a less charismatic version of... Dun, 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 Enzo Amore. There you go. Omega also jumped in here and he was all like, listen, at least when it came to Enzo, he didn't steal the spotlight all the time, unlike that Ricky, when they promised that come December 30th, they would be the tag team champions. But Ricky and Big Bill also said that, so somebody is lying. Here is the thing, though. If you do go online, like we have mentioned, people have gone absolutely crazy about this and been like, oh my gosh, it was the worst thing I'd ever seen. Now look, I admit it. Was it the best thing that I saw on Dynamite? No. And was it a little bit of a swing and a miss? Yes. But is it like doom and gloom and we should all go to hell? No. I think that may be called hyperbole. I also think the match will absolutely roll because look who's in it. But sure, when it comes to a segment, this one didn't really click. You can't win them all. Sometimes it does go awry. So in that sense, it does get a down. But ultimately, it was pretty harmless. I don't think any of us will ever think about it again. Let's all just calm down. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? 
United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. Before we go any further though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be Big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash whatculture. Do you want to know who joined commentary after this too, though? Basically won the evening. Timeless Tony Storm. Now, this should definitely become a thing, because at one point, Taz said, oh, excuse me, Tony, would you mind doing a line read for us? And Storm just went, it's Sting, as if she was Tony Schiavone. And then she turned to Tony Schiavone, as she called him and said, listen, pal, you're out of a job. He may be. She was also here to watch Ruby Soho versus Riho, because, of course, Riho has returned to the company, and she wants her revenge and title match. And this was just a really good fight. This Rio. I tell you, she's a pretty good wrestler. I mean, she just flies around the ring like she's some kind of wrestling warrior fairy or something. But of course, Ruby wasn't going to stand for that. And she leveled her at one point where we came back from the commercial. Rio just hit this head scissors. She hit this massive tiger kick. Once again, she just moves so damn fast. I was trying to keep up with her. She also hit the ultimate comeback move of 2023, the crossbody for a one-two-ooh. At this point, I was like, wait a minute. Ruby Soho has come out here by herself. And if you saw Collision, Soraya was worried that Ruby wasn't going to have her back anymore. And Soho promised that she would. But Soraya doesn't have Ruby Soho's back anymore. So what the flub is going on? Around this point, too, Storm just decided she wanted her coast up. So the camera did do that. So I was gone once again. I was on the floor. When Ruby hit the no future... She already got a one 2 oh. Ultimately, though, she was never going to win because that wouldn't have made any sense. It would have been two plus two equals potato. So when she went for Destination Unknown, Rio came back with every single suplex. You can imagine she hit the double knees and she got the uno dos tres. So this was a good match. And of course, we shall do this at the pay-per-view. And I tell you, Timeless Tony Storm versus Rio, that should be damn good. Up. But they got this quick video for Wardlow, who essentially said... I want to kill Maxwell Jacob Friedman. So once again, don't let a policeman see this when it was time for more Continental Classic action. It was back to the Gold League too as Jay Lethal was taking on Rush. And the absolute best thing about this 
is that we treated it just a little bit differently. Now we did have another inbuilt story here because of course Jay is mathematically out of this thing, but of course he wants a win. He doesn't want to be a complete loser. But because of that, we sort of had Roosh run through him here. Like it wasn't a squash or anything, but it was way quicker than other C2 matches we've seen. And that just made it feel fresh. Like an apple. A lot of that could be on Lethal as well, though. Because after Roosh had run wild and Jay was able to take over, do you know what he did? He hit the D-pad and he started to do the strut. So he was taunting. And surprise, surprise, in all of that, Roosh was able to take a med pack and he was back. Because he just smashed Lethal with this German suplex into the corner when he was just beating the crap out of him as if he had decided, I need to know what's inside another man's body. What he then decided to taunt too, so Jay was like, well, I've learned now, and he was able to get the lethal combination. But yeah, Roosh just shook that off like he was Taylor Swift. He threw Jay into the turnbuckle, and when he wasn't able to get the bull's horns, he locked in the sleeper or the choke, I suppose. Jay was like, damn it, well, now I can't breathe. I'm going to have to tap out. Submission win. There was a really cool aftermath to this as well, because Jeff Jarrett and his crew came out, and they were like, it'll be all right, Jay, don't worry about it. But Lethal was so damn upset... And that's the way you've got to react, because now I'm like, oh my gosh, this really got to him. The tournament must be important. Roosh was overjoyed, though, because he is still alive. Although he celebrated by getting a drink and, like, spraying it in the fans' faces. Which sounds absolutely terrible. It's going to get an up. We weren't mucking around either. It was right into another C2 match. Mark Briscoe taking on Jay White. They too had a similar tale, because, of course, Briscoe is screwed when it comes to how many points he's got. Whereas White is desperate for a three. But when it comes to Mark, you just can't help but get behind him because he's so damn lovable. So halfway through, I was like, man, he's going to do it. Then he didn't. Briscoe even got the froggy boat in the early going here. But of course, White had way too much HP. So he just rolled to the outside. But that's when Mark went to grab him and he just chopped his ass. We didn't chop his ass. He chopped his like body area. I mean, I suppose he could have chopped his ass. The point is he didn't. Mark then just ran at him, which White stopped by grabbing him and throwing him into the ring. Honestly, his head went right into the damn thing. And I freaked out. Why do wrestlers not care about their skulls? He also absolutely wrecked him with a DDT. And this is when we got right into the nitty gritty. Because Mark Briscoe is such a good baby face when he is fighting from underneath. So he just kept on doing that. At one point, he was even able to try for the J-Driller. But obviously, White didn't want that. So he hit every single dragon screw you've ever seen. To the point, if you go out shopping today and you want to buy a dragon screw, they're going to be sold out. He also went for the Blade Runner, but Mark Briscoe fought out of that when he went for another froggy bow. But Jay White got the damn knees up and he hit the fastest Blade Runner you've ever seen, which I massively appreciated because it gave it times two impact and he got the one, two, three. So again, he is still in this. When it comes to Mark Briscoe... Well, it's not been the best. That's why it's so good, though, because I just have so much sympathy for the man. Listen, I bet Jay White sneaks into those semi-finals. I'll have all of this up. They've got a video for the Ring of Honor final battle, which is now confirmed to have the Blackpool Combat Club, complete with Metal Gear Solid Brian Danielson, taking on FTR and Mark Briscoe in a Jay Briscoe tribute match. So I'm sorry. When you watch that, get ready to cry. That is going to be ridiculously emotional. When we got to our main event, and yes, it was another Continental Classic match, but this was big time 9,000, because it was John Moxie versus Swerve Strickland, and I took my tush, and I pushed it into my sofa, and I thought to myself, yes, 
I am ready. You really do have to give a round of applause to AEW too, because the fans saw this as a massive fight as well, because before they even touched, people were going, oh my gosh, crap, I can't believe this is happening. That gave it a big time feel. Amazingly too, they basically started with a kissing battle, because John Moxley out-wrestled Swerved and went, so when Swerve out-wrestled him, he went, that is the best, the greatest wrestling match I've ever seen. The only sad part is they didn't move into hugs. It was also an absolute falsehood because after this, they just tried to kill each other. And I swear they were hitting each other with real forearms. And then they hit what looked like a real DDT when Moxie grabbed Swerve and gave him a power driver. Once again, I was like, I think that was legit. Before that too, Moxley had bitten him. This was another one. I was like... I don't think I've ever seen that combo before. Swerve then went into Simba the Steel Steps and got absolutely wrecked with this lariat, and when he tried to get into it with a flatliner, Mox just went nope, and he dropped him with a cutter. I still find it amazing that John does cutters. I mean, it's basically wrestling law now. If you do enter the ring, you better be doing a cutter. Headbutts meant Swerve finally got into this, and he was able to smash out the house call. But when he went for the top rope to hit the stomp, Moxie just went nope. And he pushed him to the floor and he started saying to the referee, count him out, count him out, count him out. I mean, Swerve did get back in there, but it kind of got me. We then got the five minute call and I started to be that massive nerd going, oh my gosh, this is going to be the first match in the Continental Classic that ends with a draw and it makes all the sense in the world. Went from nowhere, Swerve whacked Moxie right in the head and he got the Swerve stomp and the ref went one. And the ref went two, and then the crowd went, ooh, that's right. Moxley kicked out. I genuinely couldn't believe it. The whole point, though, was that Strickland knew, haha, I've got you where I want you. But when he went for the JML driver, hence why I'm wearing this t-shirt, Pro Wrestling Tees, Moxley hit the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up. And do you know what he did at the last seconds? He held the tights, and he got the three. What a butthole. We're also going to need a VAR check on this one because one of Swerve's shoulders was up. And some people are saying, oh my gosh, that was a mistake. I don't think it was, man. Taz jumped on this straight away. I think Strickland is going to use it to go, well, I'm sorry. I didn't get three points, but I was also totally screwed. Mox also pushed this because he found the camera and he said right down the lens, whatever it takes. I'm sorry. This was like watching the final of a sports event. And it's not actually the final, that's happening at the pay-per-view. So this is just yet more evidence that when you do less shenanigans, you can do shenanigans, and the shenanigans need more. Seriously, bravo to both of them. This was so, 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 so good. Let's get it up. It turns out, though, this wasn't how we were going to go off air, because we had one last angle. Ruh-roh. So we saw Hangman Adam Page in a parking lot. I was like, bro, you're a wrestler. You can't hang out in parking lots. When all of a sudden, he was being beaten up by the devil's goons. When the devil got out of a car. Do you know what they did too? They grabbed the cowboy and they threw him through the car windshield. And dare I ask the question, was this real glass? But it also did make me chuckle. I was like, wait a minute. The devil got out of that vehicle. He must really hate Hangman Adam Page because he just wrecked his own ride. One of these dudes is also gigantic. Has been gigantic for the last few weeks. So it got to be a Wardlow or something. And when it comes to the devil, sure, if you want to start going, maybe it's Jack Perry. Maybe it is. I mean, listen to what I just said. I would still like it to be Mustafa Ali and give him a push like crazy, because I think that man will absolutely cook. But I do like this. I mean, of course it comes down to what the reveal is going to be. So we have to be patient. But if it were me, I would do it at World's End. We shall find out. Which brought us to the end of AEW Dynamite. I just want to say this, because there is so much hoopla on the internet at the moment. If you are in to amazing matches, you need to be watching All Elite Wrestling. This had like four of them, and overall, 
it's getting it up. Now, please do click the video on the screen, which is ups and downs for NXT. That's right, let's support all of wrestling. It's massively important. Otherwise, interact with the video as best you can. Smash that subscribe button and have a great day. It was lovely seeing you. Take care of yourself. Love ya. And I'll be back probably in five minutes because YouTube never ends. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.